And hello, and welcome to uh, the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I just like to say that I say an and in the beginning, but I hadn't said anything previous, so that definitely threw me off. Uh, I'm joined by both of our regular co-hosts, Boxer Saint and Matt. How's it going, you guys? It's going great. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Going amazing. Good to be here. That was a test. I wanted to see if you guys were going to talk over each other. You passed. Um, Today, uh, we're going to go over a bunch of stuff that's happening. Uh, I feel like I waited just long enough to drop this or to record this episode uh, because as we're recording, I think today there was an AOE4 update that dropped, uh, which we'll definitely get into later on in the show. Um, But the first thing that we're going to go over is Matt and I actually played a couple of the campaigns from the new Age of Empires 2 expansion. Um, I think we only played through two two of the missions i should have probably brought up uh what the campaign missions are uh before the show as i realize i've gotten all the info about everything else except for this uh so i'm gonna stall as i try to get this but matt how did you feel playing uh the the first two missions there of the the new campaigns in age of empires 2 um well like uh like your viewers probably know i'm a big fan of the campaigns and uh this is no different i thought it was uh yeah i thought it was interesting um a lot of the same um, that that people are used to, um, but also a couple of new things. Like there was uh, there's one scenario that we played that was a uh, like a King of the Hill style oh, scenario. Yes. So that yes, was yes, yes, that yes. was cool. It was uh, it was a new new type of uh, new type of scenario. So that that was fun. So we played. I believe we played the was it the Devapala campaign because I wanted do the historically earliest campaign right um is is that correct matt or do you do, are you what do you uh, do you remember uh, yeah i think it is correct okay so we the first mission that we did um was we'll just go through these two since they don't have the whole thing i think the mission was called dissatisfaction um and we spawned in the bottom right we had to take over a little town uh and then it was uh it was it was it was basically I mean, this is as cookie cutter as you get, but maybe it's because I hadn't played Age of Empires, but also the civilizations were unique. That I was trying to figure out what the Civ does. Um, that it was a lot of fun because we have chariots and we have elephants as well. Right. Uh, you just spawn in with them um, there. There is a objective or uh, like an accomplishment that you can get right away, Matt. And I remember we were both laughing because it was just like it seemed impossible. I think it was like to not let a unit die before you took over the first little town. Um, yeah yeah I was, I was surprised to see that in the in the bonus objectives and then i was like oh well you know i start with like you start with a bunch of elements this should be easy um but uh, spoiler alert it wasn't i lost a unit like immediately and i was like okay well that that fell through and i'd like to say i made the mistake of bringing my scout with the army and my scout immediately died so um it was definitely uh one of those things but yeah this was the cookie cutter one and then he had the next one was the king of the hill which is i think that's always nice i think i get really annoyed with campaigns when they go like standard game standard game standard game um which a lot of the you know as much as i i love the early age of empires or age of empires 2 campaigns age of empires 1 is even more ridiculous with this but just like yeah just defeat the opponent you know that's to me like that's the worst kind of campaign type thing um so yeah and then the next one um we got into king of the hill and stuff and so i imagine this was actually so this kind of lists as like the third campaign from the dynasties of india campaigns um and 
I I find that interesting. So this is there. I guess the expectation is that someone would play the other two before this. Um, I remember Matt, if when we played the last set of campaigns of in Age of Empires two, the last expansions, um, we I found the second campaign the most adventurous and the most fun, right? Um, and not just because of our own personal biases, but also because of like there's just a lot of there was like the King of the Hill with the trebuchet and stuff, right? Uh, sorry, no, like not kidding. It was like territory control. Uh, it was like t- take over, yeah. t- take over towns and stuff. Um, so I'm curious if, if maybe because there's three of them here. I'm kind of curious if, um, you know, if I play through more of this campaign, one of the campaigns will be like the 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 one where they go crazy because that's kind of what I'm getting the feel. I'm kind of feeling like they probably played safe for two of them or slash, you know, there's only so much time that can be devoted and all that. I wonder if there's one of them that that probably sticks out, and I'm, I'm sure that's something we'll probably have to uh, look into later. Um, yeah, I can say that um, after you and I played, uh, I played uh, I played another another couple missions. Um, and I think the one that we started, yeah, um, was was the more adventurous one. It was okay. Yeah. What was what was from, something from, that you saw uh, from, from what I've missions? seen? Um, the other missions are pretty pretty standard and they've kind of like melded in my mind into like a, an incoherent blob. But, uh, was there like one thing that you're like, Oh, this specifically is cool. If, if, if I may ask you that. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think the, <laughs> probably the coolest, uh, the coolest part is the, is the new, um, civilizations, the new, so uh, actually, new, new actually going to play the new civilizations. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So those are those are quite interesting and quite unique, quite different. Um, yeah, that that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And like these are great interests. I think I think that's the big thing that I'm kind of I guess these campaigns are. It's like if you haven't played the new Civ, this might be a good way to get started, get familiar with the units before you take it to ranked. Speaking of which, uh, Boxer Saint, would you like to talk a little bit about how these new uh, or I don't know if I don't know how you're familiar are with it right now, but like, how do you feel these new sieves uh, are doing in, the, in kind of the meta and what you're seeing people play? Yeah, uh, uh, Bengalis are the worst. I'll say that. <laughs> like, on the worst, worst to like, worst to play worst, against or the worst ones. <laughs> the worst to have. The worst to use. Okay, I think um, I think you predicted that actually when we when we first uh, previewed this. If I'm not wrong, I don't remember exactly, but I'm in super genius, so probably I probably called that. <laughs> I'm gonna no, give you I that. I don't know if anyone's gonna go back two episodes to, or last episode to check. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that there's a like a general community sense that Bengalis are the worst. They need something, and it's really it's just the just the whole tech tree, the units that are available, they don't do anything super great. Um, they have nice elephants, but <laughs> they're not, they don't do as much damage as like, I think Dravidians maybe have better elephants for damage. Um, and then I believe the Rajaras might have better elephants for survivability. So Bengalis are kind of middle of the road there. And then outside of elephants, the, uh, what's their unique tech? The chariots, yeah, the chariots that can switch swords to to you know you can go from archer to to fighting with swords. Yeah, so those I need I need to think of their name. It's going to drive me crazy. So those guys aren't as great as we all thought they might be. Uh, they require a lot of upgrades. They take both, depending on which form they're in. They either take 
cav armor or archer armor. And then they also require both uh, archer and cav slash infantry damage techs to do range or close combat. So um, they can also be up, upgraded with Parthian tactics, which is all which is very expensive. And they've got their elite upgrade. I because like when I so when I see them when I see these uh, oh whoever, what's the name I'm trying to find what the actual name of this is it's the Ratha chariot Ratha chariot that's right um the what, what I find find interesting is that like in my mind you can like you you think that you can mass like an army of just these right because you have both moving archers and moving like cav right like in 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 the in the uh, you know the gold mindset the middle. <laughs> The middle to lower end players' mindset, you could like mass a whole army of these and just like split them uh, with with uh, those using wielding swords and those using uh, the. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, those using swords and those using bow and arrow. But um, I think what you kind of realize is what you're telling me here is because of the way the tech tree's made, you'd have to get every single upgrade. Like you essentially, to, to make that even like a possibility, you'd have to get every single upgrade, which I think is is a daring like. I feel like they should just have it be one of them. You know what I mean? Like, just have it be Archer or just have it be Cav. Like, don't have it uh, mixed in that sense, right? Yeah, so you're really in a position where you'd rather go all elephants because then you can just (laughs) do Cav techs, right? And you're you're ready to go. Or you'd rather go Archers. as well, right? I imagine, when you're playing as well. Uh, The Ratha? Or or no the no the, the elephants or or maybe they just don't do enough damage as as you were saying where it's like you mass those and it's like they don't die but they're not killing stuff fast enough for you. Yeah, and and you get hard countered by pikes, so then you want <laughs> something to counter the pikes, and your archers don't have thumb ring. They do get arbalester, but it's just not enough to be an archer sieve. Um, since you're in the Indian area, you don't have knights. For some reason you don't have camels either, right? So. That's kind you of got wild, light cav elephants and Ratha is your is your cav option. So, so that's uh, that's my initial deal with uh, with Bengalis. You also have a unique tech that can make them attack faster. So, what you look at with Ratha is a huge amount of techs to make them viable. Um, it's like get to the end of your tech tree and then and then we can talk, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Are, is is uh. All right. So, which ones are kind of you see being favored by Camille? Like, what what are, what are a lot of people playing? The Dravidians, uh, Gajars are by far the most overpowered. Yeah. Um, getting that all that food from the meals creates just a almost a steamroll, a snowball effect. And they don't have Arbalester, so they're kind of weaker on the archer side. But the Shravampser riders can be incredible against other archer sieves, and then they're not great against Cav. But then you've also got heavy camel riders, so you got a, a built-in counter there. Uh, in addition, their their camels get extra, like plus four melee armor with their unique mm-hmm. tech, uh, and their mounted units deal fifty percent bonus damage. So they got like Jeez. super camels versus knights. So Gajar is just hands down. I think we're all waiting for a nerf, and we have is it, so is it j- so okay? So if you're playing ca- a castle against them. Do you find like that's getting wrecked, right? Because of camels. But um, as archer sieve, is that just the bonus damage? Is that too much? Is that kind of what you're seeing? As an archer sieve, the they're going to make Shravamsir riders against you, which can dodge. They basically take no damage from your. All right, arrows. they can dodge dodge arrows. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you so, you you they have they've countered most of the <laughs> the the sieves in the game. I guess is what you're telling me. Yeah, they hard counter both both archer and cav. And I mean, there's 
Yeah, you mix it up. You if you see camels, you mix in some pikes and some monks or or whatever. But it's just a very difficult sieve because behind all of that countering they're doing, they've got this free food flow for the whole game. So that makes sense. Um, have you enjoyed though their their addition? Like, have you felt like it's kind of changed up the the uh, ranked games or not not as much? Uh it's it just gives you more options, gives you more variety. So I've, yeah. I've been looking at StarCraft the last few days and. There's three sieves, right? There's not, you kind of know how those games are going to go. And I think what makes AOE awesome is even though all of our sieves kind of look the same, there's little bits of flavor here or there that really make it interesting. So you never know who you're going to face on the ladder and what they're going to do with that sieve. So it's, yeah, I definitely feel like with Starcraft, it's like the idea, the idea is like kind of more chess-like in the sense that it's not different. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Right. But it's like, are like, you know what you're getting and you have to kind of match yourself up to the, the, the ones you're countering. Um, while the depth of knowledge in AOE, it's like, just, you have to read a book, you know, before, <laughs> before you have a full understanding of every single matchup. Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause if, if you, if, I mean, like, I guess you could take the top, like, you know, whatever the top 10 most popular, you know, I guess you can break it down Archer and and uh, and Cavs. But in the end, it's like you can think, okay, like what are the top 10 like most popular uh, sieves right now? And then like, let me kind of see what matchups work against them and how I should play against them. And then beyond it all, you also have to just be a good player, right? Which is, I think, fundamental to all these RTS games is no matter what your counters are. Um, for most people, it's not going to be like, oh, this one thing's overpowered. It's like, oh, no, I just have less stuff, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a big thing that I definitely have to think about as an RTS. Do you want to add something, Matt? Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I think for newer players, the choice of Civ matters a lot less than sort of you know basic mechanics. You know, like keep producing villagers, spend resources, spend all your resources on on military and on on aging up and on upgrades, and get um, extra town centers. That's probably a big yes. one. I think a lot of new players get stuck in as they just. They build one town center and build one villager. It's like, no, at a certain point, when you are able to get two town centers or three town centers, be able to manage that economy and, and get more villagers faster. Yeah, for sure. And then the the sort of, you know, the little quirks of each uh, of each sieve and, and the, the matchups and things like that, that's at a higher level. I mean, you have to sort of be aware when you're playing uh, against a certain sieve, you have to be kind of aware what that sieve's strengths are. Um, you have to be aware of their, you know, their unique unit or unique upgrades and what they can do better than other civs, so you don't get sort of caught off guard. But that's sort of higher level stuff. I don't think, uh, you know, if you're a newer player, that's not something you should worry too much about. That's my opinion, anyway. And I think there's a lot of people that worry so much about that stuff that they don't bother getting better at the the mechanical part of the game, which you have to, you have to have a base level mechanical part of the game before you can even, you know, start thinking about some of those strategies. And I, I always found that with RTS games, it's just, there's so much to learn, like just being comfortable with one. Civ. I mean, I, I think there was a while like, like where I think like, I honestly think there is something to just choosing a sieve that you really like and just playing that sieve over and over again, because you're not going to be comfortable with that sieve like until months down the road, you know, I feel at least like without months of practice on the Civil where you know the ins and outs and you know exactly how kind of how it plays. Um, okay. I, that's a good kind of general discussion. Um, I want to maybe give, uh, while we're kind of talking about this, like strategy and stuff like that, I want to give maybe boxer Saint, um, just an open, open door here. Is there anything that you've been encountering or anything that's been annoying you 
in the game or anything that you've learned maybe in the last month with Age of Empires 2? Um, I've recently hit 1295 for my ELO. It's the highest I'm, you've ever had? It's the highest I've had so far. I'm trying to break nice. through 1300, but there's like a mental block. Um, it'll be good. It'll be good once you like hit the high, high echelons, because then we can say, you know, we have the high, high, high ELO strategy. <laughs> we have we know we have the what's the word it's not that we don't have it it's just that we 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 can now we have now have the piece of paper to uh <laughs> to say we, yeah. we have yeah, the we high get, level strategies we get up to 1295 i can't tell you what happens after that but i can tell you what's going on at 1295 and below um but i'm i'm just now starting to see the game in a different sense of like mm. uh, i realize as i'm streaming i'm trying to talk more and uh and kind of communicate with chat as I'm like what my thought process is and I realize I'm calling out my opponent's units before I see them so I make knights I show the knights I do some damage then I'll just comment to chat all right now he's going to make pikes or camels and then sure enough in three minutes here come pikes and camels but then I didn't build the counter for those so I don't have my own pikes <laughs> you, you've, my own you've, you've at least gotten to the point where you know it <laughs> yeah so I'm starting it's like I I don't even believe myself. I'm just like talking trash over here. You're going to make some pikes. And then he does. So, um, so that's something I think that's been unique for me at this 1200 levels. Uh, I'm starting to be able to call out counters and know how my opponent's going to respond. And so now I'm getting into like that head game of like, I know that he knows that I know. So now what do I do that he knows? You know what I mean? Like that's where you really get into. I think that's what Viper and Hera do well is they'll make it, they'll build a unit. And us in the lower echelons are like, why are you making that unit? And then sure enough, their opponent's making something that he just countered. And they've kind of thought through that step, four or five steps ahead of everybody else. Um, and that's what I've been wanting to get to in this or, game. That's the part that I enjoy is outthinking people. Or they gambled. <laughs> or and maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Because there has there has to be mind games with that, right? Like uh I imagine, you know, like at some point. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like that that in anything, in any any game that I've ever played, right? There's like the first learning process, and then there's like a basic understanding, and then there's like, oh no, there's like a whole world beyond this. Once I'm able to play at that level, you know what I mean? Where it, it gets more and more fascinating uh, afterwards. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, okay, I think from here we're gonna we're gonna kind of keep moving on here. Um, there is an AOE two update which just came out which is for ranked team game ELO calculation. Um, I don't know, Boxers, have they done any ELO, or maybe, I don't know if Matt knows this either, have, have they done any ELO uh, change, like changes to the MMR system for a single player? Has that happened recently or no? Is that Single is player this, or you mean 1v1? Is there 1v1, 1v1, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I, have, I haven't seen it. You know, they don't really do seasons, they don't reset the ELO or reset the seasons or anything. I just I, I, I still before. I still maintain the fact you have to lose ten games in a row before you can start playing the game is just objectively the bad way to do it. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know. <laughs> like I, I feel I feel I feel that beginning system for like completely new players has to be better instead of them just losing ten games. Uh, yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I, I made wish, an alternate I wish account. Some some kind of change. I made an alternate account a few I, months ago and. Um, it was an awkward system. Like I'm, it technically had me listed as a 1200, but they were pairing me with 1100s. So, like the the jumps for the first 10 games are much higher than 15 or 20 points. It's a lot. I don't know what they're doing there. 
And they're just the way the you said the first games you play are, are a lot higher MMR. No, that's that's always been the case. I just I just think the starting point's always been bad. Anyway, let me let me actually get into this though. Let me actually get into the the changes here that they made for the team team elo system. And I think this is maybe on the same idea that um, you're probably just going to play with random person right in a team game. Or, or your friend, right? And your your MMR is over. So the first change is a one-time adjustment to current team game ELO to help normalize player ranks. Okay, so whatever your rank was, they, they adjusted it. The second change is adjustment of the way points are awarded for a match. Um, currently, all team members receive the same amount of points for winning a match based on calculation according to the average ELO of each team. All right, so right now is an average. Um, the idea... Okay, so the idea was because you took the average and then depending on the... Like, you know, if you played against a team that was... Um, Regardless of what your rank was, you'd get the points. Like you, you probably get bonus points if you're a lower rank players, right? Like it push you up higher, and I think that's what they're trying to get uh, get rid of. And the idea is um, that uh, who? Oh no! I mean, wait. I mean, okay. So, yes, please, please. I I have it, but please explain. <laughs> the way I the way I read it. Oh no, Boxer Saints cutting in and out for me. Sorry, I had a button. I didn't mute it me. Um they're they're trying to get higher rank they're trying to stop higher rank players from pairing with lower rank players, which gives them an easier match. And then boosting the higher ranks ELO. So if a two K plays with a one K and that play gets a couple of fifteen hundreds, we're talking team game ELO, so it's kinda like fake ELO anyways. Um but if they play with a couple of fifteen hundreds then they're going to beat them because the guy's a 2K. And then that 2K will get 15 points added to his ELO. Now that 2K is going to get like two points added to his ELO because so basically, he's way too high for that match anyways. The pro player that's carrying his bronze friend is not going to be rewarded for beating teams that are worse than him. Exactly. Um, and but the bronze, friend is, really a, the bronze friend is getting a nice boost in his ELO. That's what I was saying. It's, it's almost even more... <laughs> If I mean, I don't think I don't think we really care if someone's too high of a rank in this game as much. Like, I don't think there's definitely that like uh, negative connotation. But that, like Matt was saying, that bronze friend is definitely uh, moving up a lot more than uh, than his high ranked, uh, you know, his his carrier, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, which is bad. Like, that's bad for the bronze. He's gonna, when he's not playing with that guy, he's gonna get destroyed. I know it's it's almost a reverse psychology. Eh? It's like it's like it's but that's the point. I guess it's going to mean like oh yes, you're going to rank up, but now it's going to be tough for you if you ever want to play without the high rank player. Yeah, I don't know that it was a problem the community was upset about. I'm glad to see they're thinking about it. But I think the bigger problems are people smurfing in 1v1. That's where you really get frustrated. You'll see every so often I'll play a, a player and I'm like that felt weird. Uh like maybe they resign early or maybe they just wipe me early. And you can look at their look at their profile and they just go straight up ten games and straight down ten games. And it's like, okay, well, that was weird. Um that's the frustrating part. Team game elo, we have a friend who had a two point four K team game elo and now he's at like fourteen hundred and he's pretty upset, but we joke with him that it's fake. Like team game elo is not real. It doesn't matter. No one cares I think that's what the your point. team game elo is. Yeah, I th- I think that's the point with this change is like I don't think any of the community cares enough about it to to really say anything either way. So yeah, yeah if anything, right think- now it's miserable because all of these really good team game players are at my elo and I'm getting just slapped left and right <laughs> until they get back to where they belong. 
fair enough. Uh, Matt, what would you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I think uh, I think because um, I never really kind of thought about this. The, the few team games that that I've played, you know, the the we got paired with with players sometimes around our uh, our skill level. Sometimes they just steamrolled us, and I never really thought about it. And, and I think, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, Boxer Saint said. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, they're they're thinking about it and they're making tweaks, but I don't think there's a perfect system. Um, like the previous the previous system felt kind of kind of broken. Um, this system isn't you know it's not perfect either. I don't know if there is a perfect solution to something like this. It's it's very complex. I mean, Elo is already a complex um, you know complex sort of system. Um, of, of ranking players. Um, and then, you know, if you have team game ELOs, that's just a whole other, like, that's a separate problem, you know? And, and it's, uh, I think it's discrepancy as well, Matt, right? Like, it's the, how big a difference there is between some of these players that play it, team games. So exactly. Because if yeah. you're on a team with someone who's roughly at your level, then, you know, it makes sense to take an average. But if you have, like, a total noob matched with a pro... You take the average, like that's not reflective of what's going to happen in that game. Yeah. I'll tell you what we do. If you do have any devs listening here, whenever we lose a team game, we don't pull up the accounts and go, "Oh man, what was their team game?" Though, how do we get paired with them? We look at their one v ones, and we're like, "Oh, you know, blue player was a sixteen hundred. No wonder he ran straight through us and we lost." So, so go ahead. I think Boxer's going to cut out for me here, but I'm hoping that his local recording is still going good. Um, so what what I think Boxer's saying is saying here is essentially that they should just use the 1v1 rank ELO for the team games, and that probably will give you a better idea of what is happening. Uh, is that is that what you're seeing, Matt? Is that is that Was I right? I don't know. Yeah, something like that is what I would... I would try to calculate it in. Not everybody plays 1v1s, so you can't always do that. Mm-hmm. And But... I would try to factor it in a little bit if you could. For sure, for sure. Okay, uh, we're going to continue moving on here. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about um, was let's do hmm, let's do tournaments first, and then we'll we'll take AOE four at the end because there's a big AOE four announcements. So uh, I just want to go over some big tournaments happening right now. Uh, there is the T ninety Titans League Plat- Platinum League. So T ninety is organizing his his event as always. Uh, twitch.tv slash t90official um, that's where a lot of aoe content is stored so definitely go check that out um that is one of them uh, there's a bunch of upcoming tournaments as well um so if we uh, take a look here there is uh if you want to watch there's kings of the old world um which is coming up in august i'm just it doesn't look like they've announced any is it is sponsored by Microsoft? And hold on, I want to make sure which uh, this is the Ages of Empires three. So if you're into Age of Empires three, they just haven't announced the Twitch uh, who's streaming this. So that is kind of curious, but keep an eye out for that if you're an AOE three fan. Um, and then they have oh no, I'm not going to announce that. But later in September, which we'll talk about next month as well, there's going to be some legacy tournaments. So and it's th- that's an interesting thing that could maybe talk about. So. Uh, boxers and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, um, I think they are planning to do legacy AOE two and AOE one tournaments, which means it's 
it's going to they're going to stream the original version of the game. Is that is that what I'm getting here? I have not heard that. I thought it was just a nice term they were using. And they were going to include AoE 1 and that was the legacy part. But oh. you you may be right. I think as a player No, 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 you're, you know, that I would think be a throwback. I I think I'm wrong. I think I think the way we talked about originally is the way it's going to be. Uh, okay, it's just going to be like AoE 1 and then AoE 2 and AoE 4. Hold on. I Liquipedia might know this. Give me two seconds here to check this. But yeah, while you're looking, uh, I have been playing AoE 1 in preparation for that tournament. Not that I'm going to be involved in it, but I wanted to like know what we're looking at when we start to watch these guys play AoE 1 because there are apparently people that only play AoE 1. It's very yes. clunky. The pathfinding <laughs> is almost ridiculous. And um, that might be the most impressive part of the tournament is seeing someone competently <laughs> play with this terrible pathfinding. Uh, but it was a throwback to pull that thing up, and it was very interesting to to play those okay, I, games. I, I think it is the newer version of the game. I mean, I imagine it's very hard to stream older-looking version of the game either. Um, I may be wrong, but I, I, think, I think we're right on that. I will say, um, in those older games, the pathfinding was wasn't a bug it was a feature like part of the skill of being able to play these older older rts games being able to manipulate the computer in different ways right i know i know starker brewer did that a lot and i i imagine aoe one it's like you know the players know all the tricks to to make sure you don't get stuck on a tree or something (laughs) you know like they i imagine they that's half the battle making sure that everyone does like the way you want them to do the things uh, so yeah, I'm definitely excited for those. Okay, um, I think that's the only one. Oh, there's the RMS Cup happening right now as well. If you want to take a look at that, um, I believe this is the yeah it has Hera, it has Jordan, it has a bunch of people. So that is being broadcast. Um, Nova AOE and Orn Lou. There you go. Uh, take a look if you want if you wanted some actually uh, some AOE two content uh, in the next couple weeks. Okay, um, continuing on, I think this is one of the big things for today. It is the AOE four update that just dropped. Um, I know Boxer say I can guarantee Boxer say hasn't played AOE four in a while. Am I am I right in this Boxer say? You are right. It was on sale recently on Steam, <laughs> but it was not a steep enough sale to entice me. Um, I think it's very curious because it, it still feels like the game that is the most backed by Microsoft, right? And by the developers. Like, I think there's no denying that. Like, they really do want this to succeed. And it, what I will say is it feels like a game that is being actively worked on. You know what I mean? Like, when, you, when you're when you part of a community where there's a game that's being actively worked on, it, like, it feels good. Um, but it is tough because I think it's... It, the hope of its reception and its actual reception has been different. Now, that being said, maybe I'm just jaded. You know, like, I, I wonder what the actual... I don't know if we have the statistics. statistics. Um, let me see if I can actually get this. Um, Age of Empires for daily players. I am curious if we can get anything on this. I can tell you views on Twitch. As we're recording, I'm not mm-hmm. as interested in views on Twitch. No, uh, <laughs> this guy. This no, guy. no, I don't because, care about the Twitch. <laughs> no, 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 because no. I, I don't think it's a like to a gaming like to developer, right? I think the people playing it, um, 
people playing the game itself is more important to them than than Twitch viewership. Like I, I honestly think so, right? Um, I think there, I but, think there's a correlation. But hey, you, you're right. the host. You know what? No, forget Twitch. I'm trying to work on that sponsorship for you. I'm trying to get you that Amazon money, but okay, sorry. sorry I'm already Bezos. Twitch affiliate on my Twitch account, so it's it's all good. Um, <laughs> I can technically run ads. Um, uh, I used to have subscribers. Um, so <laughs> when I went and did it regularly, no, I, but I think this actually gives us a really good indication, right? So. Um, the game was released in November. It's already been out since November. That's kind of wild to me. Uh, game is out over November, right? Peak players in November, 64,000, right? In December of 2021, uh, so just a month later, 31,000 was the peak players. Um, so cut in half, and there's been a steady decline, and now it's kind of averaged out uh, 9,000 players a day, right? So we're not talking like zero. Like this is still, I think... I've seen games that dropped off cliffs, right? But I do not like my interpretation is this is not where they thought they'd be at this point. Um, I don't know if Boxer saying or Matt wants to jump in on that. Yeah, but, I think that's probably true. Um, yeah. I, I know that um, people were were super. This hyped is just about Steam, by the way. This is just Steam, by the way. So like, if, if some if if there's more players than other things, we can't really measure that. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah, because there's also uh, the Xbox Pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, uh, you know, everyone, not everyone, but a large number of people were quite excited when the game was announced. And then a bunch of people bought it, played it, um, thought that maybe it sort of felt unpolished or unfinished. Um, and then the, the player count kind of dropped. But um, I think it has been increasing um, steadily as, as, uh, you know, as the devs are continuing to, to work on this game, like you said, um, it's it's good to you know to be in a part of a community where you know games are actively being worked on, and there are seasons and um, cosmetic rewards. Like you see, uh, you know, a, a bunch of uh, new banners and um, and portraits and things. Um, so I think the the player count is like steadily climbing. Um, I still think the game is kind of feels unfinished. I mean, now with the latest update, it includes things like, um, you know, remappable hotkeys and you can pick your player color, for example. Like the fact that that wasn't a feature on release day is pretty shocking, I think. And it's I think it's quite shocking to a lot of people. Um, so I think, you know, as all these, all these um, changes are coming in with all these updates... I think it's starting to feel more like a finished game. Um, I, but like it just, I mean, I've seen this before. I just clearly the model of like releasing essentially an alpha or beta version of the game is just doesn't feel like it's working. Right. Or at least it, it feels like it really didn't work with this game now. Cause I, I think you only get the initial hype once, you know what I mean? I mean, there is another, I guess, argument that I like, think you uh, actually organically grow the player base, which is fair, but but I, I just have a feeling that it might have been better if this game was fully polished before they bring it out. Um, I, w- I want to bring up some things which I found super, super interesting. Okay. And this is obviously I'm going off Steam charts, right? I'm going off the Steam's peak peak players per day, right? Um, Age of Empires 3 today <laughs> had more peak players than Age of Empires 4. Um, that is, that is this- surprising to me. That, that's actually very surprising. 
to be fair, this is an anomaly of Age of Empires 3 player, and this is only Steam once again, but the Age of Empires 3 player base is, uh, its normal peak player base is half of what it is, but for whatever reason, today it is double what it usually is. So it is being Age of Empires 4. Um, for comparison to Age of Empires 2, because I want to bring this, Age of Empires 2 um, kind of hangs around from 20k to 30 kind of 25k is what i'm seeing kind of as the average okay so age of empires 2 more than doubles age of empires 4 right now when it comes to peak players on steam specifically um so that's definitely super super interesting um i i hope for the best but um you know and maybe maybe i'm just maybe it's one of those things where i never realized that aoe 4 would split as a game for me um I don't know if I talked to Matt or Boxer about this before, but I, I have only so many, like so much time to get good at certain games. Right. Um, and it feels like it is, I do not have the proper amount of time that I'd like to put into age of empires four to get good at it. And so if I'm just playing like a game with a friend, right. If I'm just playing a team game, um, I'm much more inclined to play, play Age of Empires 2, I feel. Um, because I have, like, the basics, and so I can play the game without, like, worrying about a million new things. Um, and for whatever reason, AoE 4 hasn't really caught me in, in that sense, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put all my time into it. So um, I wonder, yeah, let's take a look at this update, and let's see if this changes my mind. Um, um, one thing that I, one I have thing a I feeling add... Boxer Saint might have some comments on AoE 4. Uh, I don't know if you want to throw them out or not. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. I'll let you go first. Yeah, there's one thing. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Box for saying. I just wanted to add add something. Um, I think that um, you know, like you said, Robert, the game Age of Empires Four kind of feels um, like it's just another. It's just another you know title in, in the series. Um, I also think uh, a big problem with Age of Empires Four is you know sometimes there. are pretty massive changes. I mean, they're still trying to get the balance right. So um, like when the game first launched, siege units were obscenely powerful and then they got nerfed in a few updates. And so it, you know, like your entire like army composition and strategy can change pretty drastically from one update to another. We sort of get a bit of that in Age of Empires 2 when uh, a new Civ comes out and it's not entirely balanced. You expect to see nerfs or buffs in the case of, uh, of weaker sieves, but it's, I feel like it's never so drastic that it's like, it, it kind of feels like you have to start over. Um, so, you know, for all its, for all its flaws, um, and, you know, I, I admit that Age of Empires 4 has, has them. Um, I still think it's a, it's a great game. It looks really nice. The campaigns are fantastic. I love the documentary style. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not super keen on, you know, getting on the Age of Empires 4 ladder and trying to sort of climb my way to the top. I'm a lot more um, casual. But, you know, maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe it for me, it should be a game I should look at it like, OK, play through the campaigns because I, I know I'll enjoy them. I know they'll be good. Um, and then, you know, maybe this game will find itself in here too, right? Um, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess maybe I was looking a little too much of optics and like, sometimes you look at it too much, right? Is like every, does every game have to be, I mean, for them, I think they really want this to be a big success with the updates that they're doing and the effort that they're putting in. 
And I think that's kind of what I'm feeling with a lot of this is like, you can see that clearly the devs are behind this game. Clearly this is a sponsored game, um, but I don't think it's going the way they had hoped. And I think that's definitely a difficult thing. That being said, you know, stay the course, make your game better as it goes on um, is, is definitely uh, commendable. And, you know, we'll see what happens from it. Okay. Let's, let's go into uh, these updates. Oh, wait, unless, no, sorry. Uh, Boxer Saint was going to say something snide, snidey. Uh, so do you want to yeah. say that? It'll be nice. I won't say like snotty. Um, <laughs> I'll see if I can find a link so you can put it in the show notes. But there was a fascinating YouTube video I saw recently, and I might have even spoken about it here. But there was a StarCraft player going through what makes a good RTS and why do these RTSs keep failing? And in particular, why does AoE 2 and StarCraft 2 still exist like a decade and two decades after you know they came out? Like, what's the difference? And I think to Matt's point, a lot of it is the casual player. The competitive scene is what you see. That's what you see on Twitch. And then that's what you see in the big tournaments. But the people watching are not majority competitive players. The largest portion of um, of RTS fan bases are casual players that just want to get in, kind of play a little bit of a SimCity, kind of play a little bit of battle. And they're not trying to like get their build orders perfect and, um, and play that tight uh, kind of continuous game you know what i mean so he was saying these these game developers don't need to be building for competitive scenes they need to be building with extensive modification options uh one of the big things with aoe was the built-in map and scenario builder Mm -hmm. Um, those are the things you want to build in if you want to make a lasting game that's going to make some money and be around for a while if you're just trying to make a super competitive game it's probably not going to work out and um I don't know. That would be my advice for AoE 4 is where they need to, to move towards. I think AoE 2 and StarCraft happened to be super competitive, uh, but really it was the background that kept us all there. The campaigns and uh, and the mods and stuff. I, yeah, I, like I this, think... Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, that's definitely um, that's definitely something I, I agree with. Um, you know, even just looking at the Age of Empires 4 mod creator or the 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 map editor um you know i just took one look at it and i was like whoa okay i don't have time for this and and that's a real shame because i love the map editor in age of empires 2 you know when i was a kid i used to spend hours just making scenarios um and i feel like for for the age of empires 4 scenario creator you know it takes quite quite a bit of time to even get familiar with with the tool it's not at all user friendly and that's you know that that is a shame and i think that's like uh, boxer saint said i think that's uh, uh something that they should they should have focused on and they should continue to focus on i yeah it's interesting that you bring this up cuz i you know, I I think the biggest thing, and I think this is just a realization, is like we know that the kind of era of of the RTS game is is passed by a lot of younger people now, right? Um, and I think the reason that it's so important that you have these casual fans is because the people who are going to be interested in RTSs, which I think is a much larger than we we now see, kind of in the scene watching or playing are people who no longer have so many responsibilities that they no longer have the time to improve at a game like that. Right. Like I think the older you get, you, 
your ability to dedicate time to things, you know, obviously goes down. Um, and so, but also like the want to, to spend hours perfecting a build when you're, you know, <laughs> getting older is definitely, is definitely not there. Right. So I, I, and I don't know what the solution is. Cause like, you know, I don't think you want to dumb it down too much. Right. Cause I think what keeps people or what makes RTS games are interesting is that case, but it's like, how do you, you know, once again, it goes back to how do you bring in, you know, a 12 year old, right. Um, into a game like this. Um, and like, maybe, maybe I'm being unfair, right? Maybe it's just that, you know, people that age will just go with whatever the fad is. Right. But if you actually got them to play the game or try out the game, they might actually be super interested. So it's, it's maybe that's one of the things, right. Getting the game into the hands of, of maybe you need to, maybe they need to start posting more TikTok memes. You know, like, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think, I think it's now maybe time to move on into what the actual update is. Uh, before I rant and lose where I am, um, so uh, the big rant, uh, sorry, the big the big update here. Uh, there's a map preference system that they've added, uh, which is nice. I don't know if this is going to make or break it for me, but um, I think it's a feature that is prominent in AOE two. Um, I do not know enough about the maps. I don't, Matt. Did you ever play enough of the maps to uh, ever feel like you needed this? Um, I mean, I've played on most of them. I think mostly against the ai um whatever map you're like no i don't like this one <laughs> um no i don't think so there's never i mean i prefer some maps to others um like i've, I've never been a fan of island style maps like island hopping um but otherwise no they all felt kind of unique and and interesting and there wasn't really one that i was like no i don't i, I hate this map or anything like that um so the map preference sure i guess that's helpful um it's not really it's not really for me though um th- yeah, there, the there's a new map uh which is cool sorry what uh were you gonna say uh no no I, I that's definitely for competitive players uh, we will get to the new map in a second i want to talk about the hockeys first this is really great i think i think a lot of people have been asking for this to be able to remap all most of your new hockeys um which is something that like yeah, I, I think this is just a base thing. Like everybody has different hockeys now, and uh, I think I think it's nice that you can remap all of them. I'll probably actually go in and, and do that because I mean I I don't know about Boxer saying map, but like what I try to do now is as much as much as humanly possible. I I essentially start with the grid layout and then adjust hockeys so that they're usable, and so I can transition them from game to game. Like that's my new like strategy when it comes to RTSs is, is I want to not have to change my hockeys even though I'm playing completely different RTS games. So uh, this is nice in that respect. Um, but yeah, there is a new map um, called the Pit. What, what do you know about the Pit map? Um, not much. Only from okay. what uh, from what the announcement said. I haven't played on it. Uh, it looks pretty interesting. Um, basically, it's uh, it's a it's a pit. Uh, in the center, there's a uh, there's a um, sacred site that you can capture a single one, um, but it's fully surrounded by like stealth trees and elevation. So um, it's it's very it's very dangerous. It's very difficult to defend um, to defend it. Um, it feels like a let's go all in the middle and fight here. <laughs> kind of yeah, map. exactly. It's kind of like King of the Hill, but in reverse. Well, because you don't have to take the sacred site, right? Like you could just you could just attack directly instead, um, and not yeah. take the risk. But 
uh definitely definitely interesting there I, I do like that they're making new maps i mean clearly they're putting a lot of you know effort into changing this game um player color picker you know speaking of things that like we would assume would be in the base game originally right the fact that you can now choose your color in single player multiplayer unranked and ranked matches uh seems seems like it's you know it's one of those things which like it's not a big deal but it's a big deal because there's so many of these little things that have been missing right um and then i have to keep going it's a beta you know like i have to keep like reminding myself of that yeah yeah this is honestly like this is a crime that that <laughs> this wasn't in the you know a feature it's not actually a crime like it's not actually a big deal but no, it's... No, i'm not yeah i'm not calling for anyone to like be jailed over this but it's it's almost criminal <laughs> you're showing the seriousness of uh of the thing um okay Here's some nice quality of life changes. Reduce number of mappings when multiple attacks occur next to each other. Actually, I did find this when playing OE4 is that sometimes you'd feel like there's like a million things going on. It's just one army attacking you. So that's nice. Um, Increase notifications, re-trigger time when buildings are attacked from zero to 15 seconds. Oh, okay. So essentially if you're, if a building is being attacked, it doesn't keep annoying you about it. That's great. Uh, Remove mapping on upgrade complete. Okay, that's nice. Uh, ally under attack ping changed from red to blue. Uh, ally under attack ping triggers less frequency multiple units are fighting near each other. I mean, this is just, you don't want a million things going off when there there shouldn't be, right? Um, so I, I do like this. Um, there's a bunch of UI fixes I'm not going to get into. Uh, shortcuts and remappable keys. Um, ooh, okay. Uh, Council Hall Landmark can now be selected with archery range shortcuts. Okay, yes. The buildings that like act as other buildings should definitely still be able to be selected like as a part of an, a, a group of them. So th- that's what it's doing. All the like in- unique individual buildings that kind of act as archery ranges or as other buildings are now able to like all be grouped together is my my summation of that. Uh, and, I actually... Yeah. Sorry, I, I had actually missed that, and that sounds like the most useful thing, um, <laughs> because you know, like playing French, the uh, School of Cavalry, um, you know, it just, just you know, you consist if you consistently build it, and then you consistently build other stables, um, it just makes sense to to have them in, you know, on one on one control group, one hotkey. So this is this is great. I'm all on board. Um, okay. There is like a billion changes. Like, you know, you're talking about big changes. Like this is actually season two, right? Season two rank starts. So this is why it feels like a, like a literal, you know, when, when other games go from 1.0 to 2.0, this is what it feels like. Um, there's a melee versus siege rework. I am not going to go through all this. I, I don't think we have the time, nor do I think it's necessarily makes for good podcasting. We're going to link obviously uh, this in, if you want to go through all of it, because this Rams, Mangles, a bunch of others, trebuchets and stuff being changed, but I am going to read um, the, the note that they wrote here, uh, right under melee versus siege rework. So you can, so maybe we can bounce off this a little bit. We wanted to add more strategic considerations to army positioning around siege weapons while increasing realism in the interactions between siege and non-siege units. To accomplish this, we've made all units except villagers use the normal weapons versus siege weapons. This means the knight charge will be a powerful option versus siege if there aren't any nearby spearmen to brace. Units not using torches means that they have to get close to the targets. It's easier to block them and protect the siege. So before this, 
you would always everyone would start throwing torches at the siege units i'm imagining so i'll be the same type of attack now that's kind of changing you're going to use whatever the normal attack is of course we still want uh there to be multiple counterplay options to siege weapons to get the balance correct with this feature we've done a large readjustment with torches melee units were able to stack and push each other allowing many units to all hit the same siege targets now melee units obey normal pathing rules so they're are no only a few that can hit siege weapons at a time to account for this we reduce the health of siege weapons unlike units like horsemen remain strong counters as we have given their melee attacks bonus damage versus siege weapons okay so to break that all down essentially uh, the pathing around or the amount of space to be able to attack the siege weapons is going to decrease um that being said because of this they're going to all be a lot weaker so I, I think this has been been a long time coming. I think siege weapons siege weapons have been like overpowered, but they don't want to completely eliminate it. So they're doing weird things like this uh, to try to make it more of a strategic unit that you have to protect before it actually does the thing that it does. Um, I think, I mean, I, I I don't I think Boxer Saint tried out a little bit of the beta when he played it, uh, and I know Matt's played a fair bit, but I think what what has kind of happened is the siege we- weapons are like it just feels it feels like you're you're they feel way more important than in the other games i don't know if either of you would uh agree or disagree with me on that one like it it, it just feels like the other games never prioritize them as much as this game and that's why they're having some trouble with it yeah i i don't know i i don't love the siege weapons in age of empires 4 i think there are a lot of issues like you know like i said earlier um how the the updates on in uh, Age of Empires 4 make sweeping changes like this. Like this is a pretty massive change and this requires a, you know for for you to to you know think completely differently when when you encounter siege weapons in the field or when you yourself, you know, have siege weapons. Um, like can I just say like with the the literally the amount of changes which is just it just feels carte blanche they literally changed everything. Like this feels like a new game right but it doesn't have a new game feel it's just like every sieve is pretty much getting some kind of uh, nerf or buff um and they made sweeping changes on siege weapons like it just feels massive you know what i mean and i think at the end of the day like i'll probably play the game it'll probably feel a lot better right but it's definitely dra- like it feels very drastic with so many things change at once because you don't really get a sense of what is making the game better or worse it just you've done so many things and you hope enough of them stick you know yeah, and this is um, this is kind of an, an issue, <laughs> I find, um, and not just kind of. I mean, there, the, the updates, the the changes are 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 just massive, and it sort of feels like they're still trying to find the right balance. Um, you know, it's not like small tweaks here and there. It's really they're kind of reworking some of these mechanics from the ground up, and so that's why this feels kind of like an unfinished game. Yeah, and I think we're all waiting for that. Okay, I'll I'll let Boxer Saint because I know Boxer Saint wants to talk so much about it before. I'll let him uh, finish here with uh, what his thoughts are and what I guess the very brief summary I did because I realized there's way more things that I missed out on. Uh, what do you feel about the massive sweeping changes that they're making daily for? Well, a lot of them seem to be quality of life stuff that would have been nice in the beginning. I think if you're talking about like the key bindings, being able to set key bindings and stuff. Uh, the rest of it. It's just normal grappling with with the game, and I'm glad I'm glad to see them make changes. 
obviously they're looking at the community. They're not coming up with the stuff on their own. So I, outside looking in, it looks encouraging. Um, and again, I haven't even bought it. So I'm very much outside looking in. Yeah. And like, I maybe, you know, maybe this is a thing, right? Where I keep thinking that outside looking in is, is, is detrimental because there is this kind of like, oh, we'll just go back to playing OE2, right? A lot of people did that. Um, but maybe this is kind of the what AOE 4 has to get to in the next year or two is that within its own community, the people who play it regularly all the time, all of them all of a sudden say, I'm playing it, I'm loving it. They've made a bunch of changes and it's going great, right? And I think that's when you'll really start to recoup a lot of those players. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, the jumping back on point, I, I think a lot like this is season two, it definitely feels like AOE, uh, I guess uh, Microsoft wants want people to jump back in here. All the campaigns are unlocked now, so if you want to play more campaigns, like this might be a good time to go back in. Um, this is definitely their hope, and I think I think it's one of those things where every time there's going to be this big like, oh, this is you know this is the next season of the game. Uh, there's going to be hope for it growing. Um, it's definitely a supported game. It's a game that doesn't feel like it's going away. It feels like they're actually putting way more effort then I, I might think they would and I'm hoping that it'll be for the better and that it's community to grow but we'll see we'll see how it uh, plays out okay I think this is a good way a uh, good time to end the show um, Box is saying how is it like uh, being in a three man crew today uh, not bad I liked having somebody to discuss campaigns with you I don't I hate that stress <laughs> of having to like <laughs> pretend like I'm doing like stuff on my own. That's not competitive. I just I don't like to I like to be somebody I'm not. Um, uh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, I know we were the repy of some interruptions. I've I've been on three man boost for the first time sometimes, and it's way worse than this. I think you both did quite well. Uh, Matt, what would what what were your thoughts on uh this episode here? Yeah, I think this is uh, this is great. This is a lot of fun. And uh, Boxer Saint, uh, integrity is important. Um, so don't feel like you need to be someone you're not. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that's that. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Um, I, I hope the listeners enjoy this. I think it's the first time that I've gone. You've you've two become the the two co-hosts uh, to the show. So uh, if 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 the timing's right next month, then I'll try to get you both back on. Um, Although, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll just uh choose a game. You know, I'll just I'll just like be like, no, we're gonna only talk about campaigns for an hour and maybe maybe that way they'll all uh ward boxers saying away, or who knows. But yeah, uh take have a have a lookout uh for things coming up. There won't be too like I I know I know tournaments and stuff have kind of slowed down. Uh that's the the nature of, of life a little bit for me. So um do look forward to another episode once a month, but that's that's kind of the schedule right now um and yeah i hope i hope everyone uh, enjoyed this episode and we will catch you next time bye bye peace